Welcome, Uplanders, to a special edition of the Upland Property Experts Podcast. This is the 4th of July. Happy 4th of July to the people here in the United States. Uh, with me, as always, is Thank Me Later. What's going on, Thank Me Later? What's up, brother? Happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. We got a... Uh... Which, is, which is interesting. So real, real quick, how many countries have a 4th of July? Give you a little riddle. All of them. Oh, you know it. All of them. All of them have Fourth of July. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Just doesn't the same thing to everybody. <laughs> uh, we we talked about our last podcast that we just do a special episode about the numbers. So we decided that today was a perfect day to jump right in and just break it down from the beginning and do a little math. Hope everybody has their calculators while listening to this. Break that out. Uh, we're not going to dive into some of the other stuff that we talk about in the podcast. Um, but we do have our disclaimer that Upland is not responsible for the content of this podcast. Thoughts and opinions discussed on this show are mine and thank me later. We are not affiliated with the company. We are just passionate players that like helping new players learn and grow. And the experienced veterans helps give them a little insight of what we're thinking. Yeah. In addition to that, especially since this is a numbers show, um, the numbers that we're talking about are relevant in the current build of Upland as of July 4th, 2020. So if you are a future time traveler and you hear us talking about percentage rates or things are different, just know uh, we're doing it based off of today. That's a good point to bring up. So to break it all down, one U.S. dollar, you can convert it to whatever currency your country's in, equals 1,000 UPEX. So exchange rates, they fluctuate from time to time, uh, but everything will be referenced off of one U.S. dollar, equaling 1,000 UPEX. And uh, the biggest thing, that, the most important thing of this game is your interest and your compounding interest to it. And you get your interest from your properties. You get a monthly monthly earning on your properties, which is paid out every three hours, fractionally every three hours from the time that you purchase that property. So if you bought a property now, an hour from now, two hours from now, and three hours from now, they would all pay out a little different and you'd see your OPEX change. Yeah. When, I mean, again, I think a lot of this show is going to be about the interest. Now, keep in mind, that is only one way to earn money. And depending on where you are in the scale of the game, flipping might be much more profitable than sitting on interest. But this is geared towards this particular podcast is probably going to be mostly geared towards the interest players and how to maximize your interest and understand um, what you're buying and how it's going to impact your, your interest per month. And this also applies to the players that are here thinking on the short term and also the players that are here looking at the long term a year, two years, three years down the road, because there's going to be a point when they're not releasing just one city that there's such an influx of players that they're going to have to release multiple cities, but that's for a whole completely different show. But what we're trying to do here is to help build you a nest egg, uh, help you understand the numbers. So when they do start releasing these other cities, you've set yourself up in a good position and you're understanding how you're, what, what you're doing with the per- purchases of properties and how you're maximizing your potential. 
Yeah. So I think that that's, that's a really important call. I mean, this is the interest to me is like your foundation layer. So like, at least for me, and I'm sure it's probably similar for you. I have probably five or six properties that are the majority of my interest. Um, and consolidating, you're, you're going to see, you're seeing this happen a lot. You're going to, you actually see players, um, consolidating their assets into larger single properties in the higher, um, multiplier collections for this exact reason. So they're willing to take a loss or a, a wash even on their, uh, existing properties to upgrade, uh, knowing that that essentially since your foundation, uh, for the other parts of the game that you can play. Yeah, and that, that's the big part there is first you get in on the collection, get the collection bonus, and, and once you realize where your most profitable collections are, and a lot of the larger unminted properties in these higher tier collections are going pretty fast off the market now, and it was great if you were able to use your lower collections to upgrade to these bigger collections to get your better return on investment. I know that uh, I do, like you said, about six, five or six properties is where the majority of my UPX per month comes from. And that's from getting those higher tier collections and getting those more expensive properties. I went into it. I believed in the game. So I jumped in with a bunch of money and went after some more expensive properties, which will be harder to resell, but it gave me that higher monthly return on investment. Yeah. And again, you don't have to drop thousands to, to really start to benefit from this interest either. So let's talk a little bit about what the interest is in the game and how it's, it's implemented. Do you want to give them a, a brief overview of percentages and how it's calculated? So the percentages and how they're calculated is pretty standard, pretty easy. Uh, you go ahead and everything is calculated off of the standard minting price. And that is um, 0.0144 is your monthly earnings, which is standalone. That's not talking about your boosted earnings. Your boosted earnings come from your collections. It's always good to have a spreadsheet with your properties so you can maximize your collections and maximize your return on investment there. And as you move up your collections, your bonus increases higher and higher. Last night, there was a chat in one of the uh, Discord channels talking about the four, I'm going to mispronounce it, Embar- Embarcado Towers or whatever they are. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's four of them in the financial district, and we went ahead and we calculated it. It was like 9.0 million UPEX for 330-odd-some thousand uh Upix per month in interest, and that's uh, three per three point eight or I forget the numbers, but either way, it was how much you would have to spend, how much it would bring you in your interest, and how much you'd get returned each month and over a year. It's pretty fascinating when you start taking a three percent return on investment over a whole course of a year in Upix. Yeah, so I mean that's going to be in your your financial district. Obviously, is pretty big, but I mean if we start, so one point four four percent is on a base property. So if you bought a hundred thousand upex property, you would gain uh, one thousand four hundred and forty four one 
1,440, sorry, uh, up X a month. That would be your base interest. Now, keep in mind, that means you could buy one property for 100,000 or 10 properties at 10,000. If they're unminted, your interest is, is flat. So if you're looking at it, like that should be your base. I mean, and then at that point, that's when you add the multiplier. So something like financial district, which is a 2.35 uh, percent or times, sorry. So that's when, you know, you start to look at, uh, if you actually do that math out, that, yeah, like what, 3.38%, a little bit higher than, yeah, than that. Yeah. Oh, on, the, on the interest. So you could see very quickly, like that interest um, would be a lot higher. But the thing is, a lot of the, the lower collections now are sold out. So one of the big things that, like for me as a cautionary tale is if you're trying to fill, like I'll use, um, sea cliff versus, uh, Knob Hill, a very classic battle of the collection. Sea cliff, uh, very exclusive, uh, 2.15 X on the multiplier Knob Hill, a uh, much larger collection that requires five instead of three, uh, still properties unminted. That's a two X. Now, the difference there of, of 0.15x, you can't buy a C-cliff unminted. So now that doesn't mean that they're bad investments for the record. So if you buy a C-cliff property, know that you're buying it. The only way that it's going to be, quote unquote, profitable in the long run is for you to then resell it to somebody else. Um, with Knob Hill or any of the ones that are unminted, that's where you really want to go, okay, um, I, I think probably if I'm looking down the list here, I think Russian Hill is probably like the lower tier, uh, one that you, is still available, um, that I would say is pretty good. Pacific Heights, Russian Hill, same. And then Knob Hill is a great collection. It's, it's also the only orange one that's really, um, obtainable, uh, with, uh, off market. And then financial district is probably the last like whale. Um, stronghold, I would say. Again, you're going to be spending millions, um, probably at least two million, I think now, to go unminted in financial district. Yeah, but, just, just about two million. So you just have lower Knob Hill, and the properties are going quick with your two X there in Knob Hill. Yeah, which again, keep in mind. I mean, two X versus two point three five. It's not terribly different. If you end up getting a big um, property on Knob Hill. Or again, like Hyatt Street, Lombard Street, Market Street, all more or less sold out. I think they're actually Market Street just sold out. There was some in the financial district, but that got bought. So, um, and Seacliff is sold out. So, really, Knob Hill is still giving you a two x, um, which means that you're getting two point eight eight percent on that. Which, so I mean, I, I was just doing some calculations here. So you're doing your calculations. What did your calculations tell us? Well. You know, let's take a reasonable number. I think most people are probably comfortable with, you know, the, the $10, the 10000 which is going to earn you about 144 up X um, a month. And so you can see, you know, that's not a ton. Like, you're not going to all of a sudden get rich off of a $10 investment. But that also highlights the importance of buying unminted. Because if you buy a $10,000, if you buy a 10000 up X property that is minted, and let's say they're pricing it. They paid ten thousand. They just want to sell it for ten thousand. That's five percent. It's still going to take you almost four months just to get to even. 
Um, so not that you shouldn't do that, but really the only times that you want to do that is when you're trying to upgrade. So if you're going to a larger uh, multiplier, so into the 2X, like if, if you were, say, upgrading into, um, you know, C-Cliff or Novel, uh, any 2X plus, okay, so that's going to take you two months to recoup um, based on that interest instead of four. But there's, and, you know, that's assuming you can get a good deal on it. There's certain properties, there's certain collections. I'll take Hyatt Ashbury. Great investment for future flips, potentially. But I can tell you right now, like, as an example, I have properties there um, that were originally minted at 3000 So if one of the most common things is, well, how do you know what it was minted at? So for this example, I'll take uh, 1611 Oak Street, which is in Hyatt Ashbury. So if I go there, I can see the standalone earnings is 43.2. Uh, so if I divide that uh, by what the interest is of 0.0144, I get 3,000. So this property was originally 3,000 OPEX to buy off of the chain. Uh, one of the reasons Hyatt Ashbury sold out so quickly is it was a very cost-effective, very popular neighborhood. There's actually a lot of really cool history there as well. Um, and it's a smaller uh, footprint for a collection and uh, very affordable. But, I mean, I'm earning, you know, the max that I can earn on that is 80 UPEX a month, so like 79.92. Now, I paid 20,000 UPEX for that. I'm never going to, actually, I guess I could take a quick, so let's see here, uh, 20,000. So I paid 20000 and I'll say I earn 80 a month on it. It'll take me 250 months um, to break even on that from an interest perspective. So now, granted, when I bought Hyatt Ashbury, I had no intention of um, maximizing my interest there. I flipped them for most of them were going for like forty or 50000 now. So, again, different strategy, but it's good to have a base of interest. And actually, I think, there's some other reasons that you might want to buy some uh, properties. You could do uh, what did you what did you say? The green turtle strategy. Yeah, the green turtle strategy. Green turtle put in five dollars and slowly grinded out the treasure hunts. Was very frustrated with the treasure hunts, but ended up earning over a million upex in this game from focusing on treasure hunts, buying more properties with the treasure hunts, flipping the properties and just continuously stacking it. It can be done. They put in a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of frustration, but you can put in only five bucks and get up to the director level. Yeah. And I mean, I, I will cock and that is, he is an exception to the rule, um, but it, it's definitely doable. You just really have to understand the mechanics of the game. You have to optimize your purchases. Um, you have to network in and really figure out how to uh, maximize your buys. Go find maps. There's a, there's a couple of us now that are trying to compile maps of like, hey, where are the treasure hunt, treasure hunt spots? And then buying close to it, um, you know, like the northeast corner and uh, some of the other really like hot areas that seem to spawn treasures a lot. Although I think that they're patching a, a little bit. They're trying to make it a little bit more random now. But yeah. Yeah, one of the questions, since we're speaking of numbers that I get asked often is, 
I'm always talking about return on investment. So how do I know what my return on investment is? If you pull up your properties page, you look at your UPEX per month, you multiply that by 12. So, and then you end up dividing that by your total net worth. And that will tell you what, what your return on investment is each, um, each overall. And the other thing is, is you got to keep track of what you put in and because that changes your net worth, changes as you pick up flips, as you pick up your interest. So you also have your return on investment of what you actually put into the game. So keep track of uh, your transactions of when you purchase UPEX. And then at that point in time, you just convert what you purchased over to your total net worth and then divide it by your UPEX and you'll get even a higher number that way. Yeah, because I mean, that is a nice thing is... Uh, essentially the, the compounding interest, right? In, in the sense of you're not going to earn interest that's sitting there, but as soon as you earn enough to buy a property, like it's something you should consider. Now, this is a scenario that I, I've run through with a couple um, explorers. And oh, by the way, if you ever have personal questions, like if you, you're running through a deal and, you're, and you want to crunch the numbers, um, hop on Discord, um, the fan Discord server, uh, the official Discord server. Reach out. I'm always happy to talk numbers. I imagine too stupid is as well. We'll walk you through some scenarios. So one of the common scenarios I get is like, hey, I can buy a 10,000 UPEX property today. Or if I wait a month, I can buy a 15,000 UPEX property um, that in like, like specifically like for a collection. So should I wait? Now there's considerations of, well, you can't guarantee that property will be there um, in a month, but like, let's say you're buying into like Russian Hill or somewhere that's likely not going to sell out in the next like week or two, um, you know, calculate, well, what, how much interest would you have earned um, between this now and then, and then how much, how long would it take you to recoup that interest? Usually if you're going to, if you're planning on keeping the properties for more than say six months or so, and you're not trying to just flip them right away, it's usually more profitable to wait and buy the slightly bigger property, especially within a collection. But if you're playing is like, Hey, this collection's about to sell out. I just want to buy it, keep it for a little bit. And I'm going to flip it for a 30% increase anyway. Then like you're better off doing that. So speaking of flipping it for a 30% increase, you, you have the, you have the fee for the transaction. So what's the minimum percentage you put your property over over minting so you bought a property for ten thousand upex what's your minimum mint there or, or what's your minimum uh, asking okay. price sorry it, it's interesting so we could probably do a whole uh, special episode just on how do you price a property um because there for me it's not as simple as um you know over now here's my thing anything that that I buy that's like 3000 up X and under I will price. I was pricing at 5,000. Now I'm pricing probably closer to 10, depending on what it is. Um, so like for that, it's pretty straightforward. If it's just a generic random property, that's low value. I'll put it up at five to seven to 10. Like those are my two, those are my three breaking points, 5,000, 7.5 and 10,000. Um, regardless of how much of a markup it is, because properties right now, I mean, I think the lowest is selling for like 3000 So you'll get people that will just buy it for five. Um, 
other properties. So like once you start getting into like the significant properties, there's a lot of things to take into consideration. Um, the neighborhood right now, especially with everything that's going on with the communities, is a big factor. Um, if it's in one of the hot neighborhoods, I'm waiting for it to sell out. So the way that these hot neighborhoods have been going is um, you have, you know, your unminted properties will uh, will sell out. And if there's enough hype around that neighborhood, immediately after it sells out, you should be able to sell any property in that collection, especially if it's a quote unquote cheaper property in that collection for a 30 to 40% markup almost immediately. And you'll get a couple bites on those. You'll be able to flip some properties. So I always try and buy a couple extra, you know, ride the wave of hype, get that 30 to 40% markup. You can even push some 50% markups on the cheaper properties. If there's enough hype around the neighborhood, say in one of the cheaper neighborhoods, you bought a property for 5,000 UPEX, you can easily flip it for 10 10,000 UPEX and go 50%, you know, 45% after, uh, after your that's cost. That's 100%. Oh, sorry, that's yeah, 100%. sorry, that's 100%. 50% would have been, yeah, uh, would have been 7,500. But you're not wrong. Like, if you got lucky and you, like, it, let's say it's a neighborhood, um, Pursuto Terrace, I think, is the one that has, like, a bunch of really large properties. Those smaller properties were buying unminted for, like, four you could like if I put one up at 15, it would sell immediately because it really. So the other thing to consider is what's your neighbor's cost. So experienced players like myself, before I buy a property, I'm going to check the five or six properties around it. Unless there's something very specific about that property, I'm going to look at its neighbors. So we just had the 4th of July one and uh, stupid and I both were buying properties up around um, that, that particular one. But if I'm looking at, um, selling here, okay. So Gerino is selling 3354 20th street for 16,000, um, 16,311. Very weird. Like this is all real time. I'm literally doing this as we speak. That's a very odd number to pick. Um, I don't honestly know why they picked it. Um, but I can tell you that that's not a bad markup, honestly. So, the base cost of that would have been 13000 So that's not a terrible markup. But the thing is, there's nothing remarkable about it. I'm going to turn on my points of interest. I'm going to see that there's nothing there. Uh, 335-420 Street doesn't have a unique name. Um, it's not a compelling name or address that I would be interested in. So no bonus points there. I'm going to go to Street View. And it's a DIY. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's inside of a warehouse and it's kind of like random patches. That could be something interesting, but nothing overly compelling. Now, the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go to its neighbors. Okay, so if I go across the street, same neighborhood, um, similar block size. Uh, oh, yeah, that's the other thing. What's the size? 46 up squared, which, by the way, is official. It's up squared. Per, no, per the developer. Squares, up, not squared, squares, plural. Up squares? That's correct. Okay. Did feel kind so, of silly when uh, it was pointed out that it was on the white paper, so we created a poll for nothing. Yeah, you know. Again, I'll 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 bring up the, the gift gif. Just because you invented it and you tell people how to say it doesn't mean anyone's going to listen. That is true. All right. <laughs> so I'm looking at 
across the street, I can get one for 43 up back or up squares, and it's only 12,000, 19,000 for 68. There's not one that's comparable, but I'm not going to pay that. Probably not until the rest of these sell out. If the only thing available in this block was the Gell Studio, which is like 56,000, then okay, you might have a compelling case. But when there's other properties that are around it, um, then I don't know. Like, again, like that's something that I look at is like, why would I pay that premium if I can buy something else unminted and uh, get a better return? Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. You just gotta, you just can't jump into it like a lot of players have been doing. A lot of people are just snatching up random properties. You do have to do your research so you can get the best return on investment possible. You, as Thank Me Later said, you got to look around, check things out, turn on the points of interest, maybe even Google the property and see if there's anything historic about it or if you're in the haunted houses. or, or yeah. I think uh, Ronald, Ronald Rump uh, was pointing out houses that had murders involved in it so <laughs> <laughs> oh i mean that's an interesting uh, personal collection that's the other thing too this is i i think for me the important thing is this is a game like if if i make some money out of it eventually that's a bonus so also don't feel like if you bought some properties you're like oh I'm, i i messed up you can't play the game wrong if it's a property that means something to you if you like it it, even if you just were like, oh, I didn't know what I was doing, it's still a good property. Because the other thing is, you're in San Francisco. Now, when they open up a bunch of other cities, eh, I might feel differently about just buying random properties there. Uh, but to me, there isn't going to be a bad property in San Francisco. In a year's time, when every property is sold out, um, it's, there isn't going to be a bad property. Every one of these properties is going to be valuable and profitable. So, And you have... It's going to be key. And when other areas open up, you're going to have your collectors that are into memorabilia, sports cards. Um, what was Magic the Gathering considered? Um, but collectible card games. Collectible card games. Um, you got those people that will always gravitate towards the original city, the number ones, and that's San Francisco. Same with the long-term players. You're going to be able to, in my belief, you're going to be able to get some deals as people try to liquidate their money to go to the new area so they can afford mm-hmm. more properties there. And then come six months, a year down the road, they're going to come back to San Francisco where all the prices are going to be even more elevated than what they sold them for and what they were priced at when they left. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be looking out so the two major liquidation events it will be New York coming, and I think we'll probably talk about this in our next thing. I know there's been a lot of, and I was one of the original ones who's concerned about San Francisco property values when New York opens up and how that's all going to balance out. We'll touch on that on our next podcast, so definitely stay for that. Um, but I, I expect there's going to be a lot of players who want to get to New York, and they're going to be liquidating. I'll be picking up as much as I can under market there. And then the other big event will be when there's fiat out. Um, I reckon there'll be some people who are liquidating some key properties um, for fiat, which again, if you're going to invest in the game anyway, then like those will be additional properties. 
And one that uh, might not be on yeah. your radar is when we go to property development, depending on what it costs for business licenses mm, or to true. build stuff. So people might liquidate below market just to have some ability to develop their property. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting point. I hadn't really thought about that as a liquidation event, but yeah, you're right. If Because people, I'd rather have less properties that are more developed, probably, you know, if I'm the average player, like, okay, let me sell these properties so I can build a better house on the property I really like. Um, yeah, I can definitely see that. And these will be three key key opportunities where you can get into the Knob Hill, the Sea Cliff, the Hot Street, the Lomb the Lombard, the Market Street for a discounted mm-hmm. rate of maybe close to original mint. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I, I think that there's a couple of players that are invested pretty heavily in Sea Cliff that would probably liquidate it pretty close. Um, Lombard, there might be some some opportunity there. Uh, all of my properties sold there. Um, I, I didn't realize there was a seller. That's the other thing is if you own these properties and you have them up for sale and you don't realize that a sellout is about to happen, um, when it sells out, people start buying the cheapest ones that are resale. And um, yeah, you'll, you'll likely get bought out there as well. Whether you want to or not, um, I've definitely lost a couple collections now that it's just too costly. It's not a, uh, efficient to rebuy into them. So uh, rest in peace, Lombard and uh, Market Street both got um, snatched up. And that's another reason to be part of the Discord server, the fan and the Upland Discord server is you'll see these runs so you can properly adjust your property so you can maximize your value on these sales because I because you don't want to get caught flat footed where, you know, the property you just sold, you could have made another 10, 15, 20, or even 30,000 upex on it because it became a hot area and you just had it generally up for sale and that, Hey, that's a good price to let go of. But then all of a sudden your property became the cheap one. You don't, you don't want to miss out and leave that on the table. Yeah, you definitely, it never feels good to leave upex on the table. Like, (laughs) I don't know if I'm the only one, but every time I make a sale, I feel a little like, oh, did I, uh, did I misprice that? Like I go, I check it. Like what, what did that person know that I didn't know? Like, why are they buying my property? Um, and you know, just make sure you're putting properties up at a price that you will feel good about selling it at because trust me, there are players that will buy it. (laughs) So, um, just make sure you're pricing it at at a, number that if it sells you won't be like oh man i left money on the table i mean that's why you'll see some of my properties are priced at nine 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 all nines i maxed out on nines just so there's no way anybody will even attempt to purchase that property yeah well that helps prevent trolls too i hear that all the time like property so do you deselect the property thing too so they can't offer a property yeah because not on my lower properties because there yeah. I still get a thousand upex offers on on twenty five hundred or three thousand upex properties original mint and it's annoying. Yeah, I get about four or five a day. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. Also, don't do that. Don't be those people. No, even if I might have been. I've, you I've forgiven you. <laughs> so. Yeah, 
no, I, I, again, it's really interesting. So actually, as I was looking around the map, so other things that um, piqued my interest, and now I'm actually debating on buying this property now. Um, you know, as the game evolves, uh, one example, so there was an Easter event, and I had, um, there was five colored Easter eggs um, and increasing rarity. The light blue was the most common one. And I put out, so I have a price guide that I run, like some various multipliers on properties. And I essentially said 15000 minimum for any blue egg. Like, And I think all of them have sold. And the thing is, unfortunately, I didn't track them well enough and I haven't been able to get them off the market fast enough. They're all selling. So they're probably worth 25000 now. Like I would need to adjust my price. Another one that is very similar is the Fly SFO. So this is an interesting one because to me, so when I started, there was a couple different markings. There was the inaugural mark and the iconic mark, which are the red stars, which are weird that they're the same. I think they should be different, but whatever. Um, the museums were marked. Were there any other marks at that point? Like like uh, marked property? No, those were it. So like those dictated like pretty high value targets. Um, and then the first like event driven one was the fly SFO. Um, and I can't remember how many properties there were, so I'm not going to quote it, but maybe like 20, something like that. And of these SFO, fly SFO. So on there, there's a little uh, blue plane and a white bubble and it says fly SFO next to it. And they were part of a scavenger hunt and you could buy, it was all on unminted properties and you could buy them. And a lot of them ended up being in the financial district. So they're very costly, but some of them are outside of it. Now, the question is, and I, actually, I'll ask you, Susan, so what do you think the markup, what would you value the markup on a fly SFO property? Let's say the base value was 28000 28000 on a fly SFO property. Um, 29, 20, so let's say the base, the unminted price is 29000 unminted. What would you put as a markup? What would you put it up for sale for? You see, to me, that's still a special collection. Even though it's not an official collection, it has a marker. It's on the map, and, and that brings extra attention. Once again, you go back to the gamers and the sports memorabilia type people or just the sci-fi memorabilia people. It, it has mm-hmm. a purpose. It has a meaning, and it ties to history in the game when it was for the contest for the first airport parcel to open up. So, it has a value. I'm not letting that go for at least 60,000 UPEX. Okay. Yeah. So, curious. If one was for sale, what would you pay for it? Knowing it was originally minted at 29,000, let's say it's 100 up squares. So, it's a large lot. I mean, 100 up squares isn't small either. No, it's not. Um, Man, what would I pay for that? I'd even go as high as seventy five thousand upex. So if you saw it for thirty five thousand, would you buy it? All over it. All right. Well, I'm hitting buy. <laughs> Forty <laughs> four four hundred seventy Alabama Street, Quate Mock. I I, can, I know how to say his name. Quate Mock. You know, it's Quate Mock, nineteen seventy five. Yeah, we'll need a correction there again. Yeah, so Quate, if you listen, give me a shout out. Also, thank you for that property. 
which again is one of those interesting properties. Like when we were talking about it, I remember we were pricing it out. And at the time it was like, okay, it's worth a, you know, 20, 30% uptick. Um, but now, like now that we've, you know, been in the game for a couple months, we realize like the marked properties, um, don't come around that often. They're very limited. I mean, you figure there's a hundred and about 150,000 properties in San Francisco right now, 147 and change thousand. Um, and there's probably less than a hundred with special market. Oh well, no, I guess it's not true. It's the inaugurals. Yeah. The inaugurals throw that number out, but there's, there's less than 250, I'd say. Uh, no, no, no. Cause there's, there's like 600, 100 inaugurals. Oh, I thought there was so only a hundred and something, but okay. No, because Turbo has like 300 by himself. Oh, so <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think there's, we'll say that there's less than a thousand. There's definitely less than a thousand that have uh, special markers on them. Uh, so, you know, I, again, I think you're right. I probably would have valued it in the 2X range um, for that, which also means that I'm going to go pull up my list and go check out if anybody else is selling those because. That's actually super cool. And it was the first airport, um, you know, that was being released. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. There's definitely some unminted ones left in the financial district that are hundreds of thousands, um, maybe even a million or two. Just under a million. Oh, yeah. I've been looking at them. So. <laughs> so. Oh. And then one other thing that you, you look at is, depending on the neighborhood, is your price per up squared and the value that you're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. So price per up squared, which is a pretty straightforward calculation. You just uh, take your price divided by your, your up squared. So, uh, you know, in that particular case, I think I paid about 350 uh, up X per up square, um, which it's interesting because a lot of people go, Oh, the bigger the property, the more interviewed. It has nothing. Size and interest do not equate at all. It's interest and base cost. Um, so your cost per up, uh, your cost per up squares varies pretty greatly. Um, there were some originally and some that were like, I want to say it sounds insane, but like 30 to 40 up X per up square. Um, and then I think the highest is airports at like 6,600 up X per up square. Um, and then Usually the neighborhoods will each have a range, um, and then the more common, so like the south, um, the south half where there really isn't a lot of collections, those are pretty um, cheap, and that's why they sell out. And then your collections will go up and um, cost per up square. Yeah, your airports were six thousand six hundred and sixty, and then yeah, your southeast side down there by Bret Hart, uh, Bayview, that's usually a hundred. Or up squares or less. Yeah, and and like again, if you're going for quantity size, especially now, you know everyone knows property development. Hopefully, Touchwood will be out this year, um, so we're going to see value a multiplier applied to large uh, property sizes. And so, when I say large, I'm thinking, I don't know, two hundred, two hundred plus, a hundred plus for sure. Um, I'm looking at a really nice squared property that's like 105. That looks pretty good. Um, should be good enough for a business. But then, I mean, really, when you start talking, you know, a thousand 
Um, plus, those are some gigantic lots. And so you'll get a premium on that um, for a return as well. So those are some other things to look at. Again, your interest is the same. So I guess that's probably another hint of like, what's your strategy? Strategy? Do you buy? And I'll actually ask you this. Would you buy 10, 10,000 um, UPEX properties or one 100,000 UPEX property? Um, what would you recommend? See, I'm a... I'm one that's believing in collect as many properties as you can in San Francisco because of their value in the future. So I'd take the hundred properties. The 10 properties. You take a hundred properties at 10 up each. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's fair. Yeah, I, I'd take the 10 properties. Okay. Yeah. The 10 properties. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I think I would probably recommend that too. Cause then you can also, um, sell. you can flip, it's easier to flip those smaller properties too. So you can take, flip the first five for a 30% increase and then invest that in seven more properties, right? Exactly. And then you sell five for a 30% increase and you buy seven more. And all of a sudden now you have a hundred properties um, when you started with 10. So yeah, I guess I'm with you. Um, probably buy the smaller properties and try and flip half like flip half for a profit keep half like that's the other thing any of these hot neighborhoods again i know we've said it once we'll say it a thousand more times get on discord that's the best way to get informed about what's happening we literally have uh channels on the fan server for each of the neighborhoods that are hot also if you're interested in being a, a, a mayor or community mayor which is essentially someone who drums up the interest or if there's a like um, our boy, oh, is it um, Jim? Am I going to say his name right? Jimmy? Jim oh, Juice. Sorry. sorry, Jim Juice. Yes, Jim Juice buying up Hollywood like it's going out of style. Like you He said, know, you I'm going to develop it, and I don't care. You're either with me or you're not, but I'm going to buy up as much as I can, and it will ride or die with me. Yeah, like, and I mean, we've seen it with... Uh, Bibbing and his country club, like, uh, you know, Chinoya hasn't bought it up, but Chinoya was obviously the main component in Alamo Square. Who hyped um, Chinatown? Text. Somebody hyped Chinatown months ago <sighs> I, to get it to sell was out. Was it Brett? Was it Brett? I feel bad because I feel like I can't remember, but I feel like it might have been Brett. Yeah, it was back or... in the Telegram days. They hyped Chinatown and it sold out. Yeah. Yeah, so, again, if you're part of the community, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, let's be honest, you're probably on the social media anyway. Um, But if you're new, if you just found this podcast randomly, um, kudos to you, first of all. Go join the community. Uh, That's where you're going to find the information. And, again, if you're excited about a particular neighborhood, there's some really cool ones still left out um, out there. and so if you, if you've invested a lot of money in a neighborhood and want to get it, you know, on the map, reach out to us. Uh, we're happy to set it up. Um, but no, I mean, we're, we're strict. I've had to downgrade a couple of, of places that came up that were hot for a while. Um, uh, and then like the community kind of died down. We try and be honest about it. I'm not going to give it a hot rating if it's, you know, we're not seeing movement and, um, you know, people buying up the property. So, yeah. 
So you have anything else for us on this numbers edition of the Upix podcast? No, I guess recap. Minted, unminted properties, all of them will earn 1.44% as of July 4th, 2020. And if you're so, a new player, go after the unminted. Don't buy the secondaries unless you're trying to complete a collection. And also do your calculations and see if your intention is to complete the collection, use the bonus to flip it. But your best bet is going unminted as a new player. Yeah, definitely trying as much of it. Again, if your grandmother's house is for sale and you have to have it, obviously those you know calculations don't apply. If there's a particular you know meaning, um, oh, uh, I can't remember who it was now. He, we had a scavenger hunt a little while ago, and he sent me a picture. He was in San Francisco, and it's where he actually proposed um, to his now wife. Uh, so he bought up that coin. It was very meaningful to him. Um, he, he knew that area. So obviously, it's a game. You might buy things for other reasons, but if you're doing it for financials, just remember 1.44% divide uh, the in- monthly interest by that to find out how much you're being overcharged to figure out if that's a, a smart financial call for yourself um, and know that doesn't matter where it is, unminted will always earn the same base percent. And keep track okay. of what you're putting into the game so you can see your official return on investment because the compounding interest will take off with your UPEX per month coming in and you're buying more properties and increasing your ROI. So that's a good indicator of how much your return on investment is based off of what you put in versus what you're getting per month on interest. Yeah, but also keep in mind it's a game. It, it is <laughs> so, a game. And people look at it different. Like, you know, I know that there's players that are crunching those numbers to, for profit. And all. I couldn't. It would be too depressing to, to track how much I've put in. Um, but I, again, I play, play for fun. Keep be smart about it though, because you want to do good in the game, and doing good in the game means getting more properties, being more profitable traditionally. Um, find your niche, all that good stuff that we've you know said before. But uh, yeah. yeah, and don't forget to sus- subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at UPX Podcast. Go ahead, write up reviews on the podcast. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Um, go ahead and follow. At Upland Data, MG puts together some great data sets for us. Um, and then you got any other shout outs you want to do there? Yeah, man. Upland, Upland.guru. Uh, I'm compiling the best content of the community. Um, all my own blog posts and stuff will be there. I actually embed. So we've had, I, I know that we have, we're on Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. Um, but I actually embed in the website. Um, all of these podcasts as well. So that way you can listen. Um, you should be able to listen anywhere. But um, yeah, upland.guru, please take a look and hit us up on Discord. Yeah. Everybody, thank you for listening. Look forward to the next podcast. Talk to you guys soon.